Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast. I'm Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, week one. It's it's finally here. All I can say is thank you, Jameis Winston. Uh, his effort today saved my Sunday because... It was looking like the 49ers were about to have just a miserable start to the season. Mm-hmm. They were up by six. It seemed like they were just dangling that carrot out there for classic 49er uh, heartbreaking defeat on the road, especially on the East Coast. We've seen it far too many times. That saved us. But just like waking up this morning, we're Jewish. We don't know what Christmas morning feels like. But this is like the first Thursday of March Madness. Week one, the full slate, setting your fantasy lineups, DFS, locking in all of your plays. There's like few things like that feeling and just like the five minutes up to kickoff. I told you I was watching at a bar. They had all the games on and it was almost overwhelming. I know. I got into YouTube rabbit hole this morning, just hyping myself up. This will lead into my Sunday scariest moment. So I told you. Exactly I, about you. Thank you. I woke up at 3 a.m. this morning to go to the bathroom and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I've been up for about, you know, the whole day. So I was, you know, just online surfing, put together a nice hype video for the 49ers um, with <laughs> Jimmy G QB sneak. So I've been up a while. I'm exhausted. And that 49ers game was absolutely miserable. In the first half, there were five touchdowns called off because of penalties. Three of the 49ers 
So I'm sitting here watching the game like, I've been up since 3 fucking a.m., and the 49ers are about to blow this game, burst the Bucks, start 0-1, and just make my Sunday miserable. My lock of the week loss, we'll get to that. <laughs> so it was about to be an awful Sunday. So that was my Sunday scariest moment. But thank you, Jameis Winston. You truly uh, outdid yourself. You stayed true to form. Like, we knew that Jameis, we're, we were going to get at least one kind of bad fumble or pick. It's It always happens. And he was, he was just nice to us as Niner fans. He gave us two. And the crazy thing is, a couple things. As we know, the 49ers last season only had two interceptions as a team the entire season. That is <laughs> historically awful. Awful. <laughs> Jameis threw three today, breaking that said record. And the thing was, he could have had like five or six. Yeah. They dropped a couple gimmies, and he he's just the same. I mean, they brought in Bruce Arians, Byron Lefwich, and I was you know a little nervous coming into the game. Questions around is, is the 49ers defense really improved, and maybe it was a you know cause that Jameis is still him. But like I thought they were going to be better with Arians there, his offense. It's been successful with the Colts with the Steelers with the Cardinals so I thought we'd see the same out of Jameis it's only week one but man he looked awful and the Bucks have to be like thinking where do we go from here yeah Jameis shit the bed 49ers defense did look good uh they're getting some pressure on Jameis Nick Bosa got a sack D Ford was in the mix like they 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 definitely caused some havoc, but I agree with you. Tampa is offense on paper. Uh, a lot of fantasy hype, I think, coming into the season, whether it's Jameis, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I think people were expecting big things, and for them to play the way they did, maybe this 49ers defense is that good. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. The 49ers almost losing that would have just been absolutely terrible after, like, a day of eight hours at a sports bar watching these games and the 49ers slowly bleeding this lead and made a couple 49ers friends at the bar high-fiving this one woman wearing 49ers visor and we had multiple George Kittle uh, high fives that just take him back so I don't know I, I don't know if the 49ers have any any wide receivers that they can throw to besides Kittle it seemed like he was he was the guy but uh I don't know they they held on for the win so that was that was a good thing yeah, I was just hitting every spectrum of emotion during this game. <laughs> I was I was excited when Richard Sherman got the you know the pick six up twenty to seven. I was like, this is great. And then I you know the agony at halftime of the game. At we have tickets to go. Fumbles. The yeah the fumble before halftime. I mean that could have really screwed them. Obviously it didn't end up mattering, but. Um, at halftime, I was thinking we're going to a 49ers Redskins game in DC in October. And I was legitimately thinking at halftime, like, I don't want to go. Like, can we sell those tickets? They were just so bad. Jimmy G made me a little nervous, played slightly better in the second half. You know, he's coming off the ACL. Got to expect a little rust, but little rust, little rust. looked okay. so bad. I was just so happy they pulled it off because like I said, I've been up since 3am. So I would have been very cranky on this. Yeah. It- would have been brutal to say the least for you. Uh, my Sunday scariest moment here. I tweeted out my money line parlay yesterday. Let me just read it off to everyone. I, I felt pretty good that there was going to be a world where someone screwed this up. I didn't know who it was going to be, but I was going to test fate. I was going to put it in. And the 14 parlay included the Eagles, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Seahawks. Now, our, our bouts with the fading the Titans are well known. However, the way that game started, I was like, oh, whatever. Browns went up 6 nothing, And 
the Eagles were getting trounced by the Redskins early. I was like, okay, well, the Redskins are blowing this one is what it is. Um, but my Sunday scariest moment, it like set in, I think, probably midway through the third quarter of this Titans-Browns game as I realized that the Browns probably aren't going to win. Just every single – every like last week – or sorry, last year – we faded the Titans so often. Now, I still think the Titans suck. However, they trounced the Browns by 30 points. My Sunday scariest moment is around, I'm going to say, 326 when I'm like, why did I do this to myself again? Why why, why every time Derrick Henry, here he goes, long touchdown, Baker Mayfield, interception. Are the Titans good? I don't know, but they get, it's like going to be another nine-win team that is uh, underdogged in Vegas every week, not given enough love. And I'm please hold me to this. Don't let me bet on the Titans against the Titans. <laughs> okay. That might be tough because it's so tempting. They, they just <laughs> who do they play, who do they play next week. <laughs> I, um, I think they're the Thursday night game, actually. Loading up their schedule now. They play the Colts. Uh, no, it's not Thursday night. Colts yeah, at home. I'm, yeah. I'm probably just staying away from that one. Okay. But the, t- the Titans have my mind in a pretzel. I don't know what oh. to think. I. Like I, I, on our futures pod, I said the under their win total was a good bet. I still don't think they're very good. Whenever I saw the game on red zone, Mariota looked awful. And then I, good. so before the 49ers game started, I was at my friend's apartment, which is like five minutes from here. I walked back to my apartment in that time span. They scored like 21 points and it was, it was uh, 43 to 13. But I think I've gone all the way back on the Titans where now I might start betting on them. I think I think I think I like this team. They're, they scored they scored four unanswered touchdowns to end this game. And Cleveland started the game uh, first possession super hot. They go right down, score the yeah. touchdown. Baker had a like an awesome pass. Missed the extra up. point. Yeah, missed extra point. But I was like, oh shit, the Browns are about to just like steamroll here. And then the Titans were hanging around, hanging around. They were up fifteen thirteen. The Browns scored. I was like, okay, here come the Browns. And then Henry takes that screen pass to the house, and it was over from there. So, I mean, you don't want to overreact to week one, but, like, this is really concerning for the Browns. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, this was the home opener. All all the hype in the world. Baker Mayfield chirping all offseason. They were the favorites when they have seen North coming into the season. Um, And very interesting to see, obviously, the Steelers are playing right now on Sunday night. We're recording, and... What the Ravens did to the freaking Dolphins, Jesus Christ, they put 59 points up. Lamar Jackson throws five touchdowns. His passing touchdown over-under coming into the season was, I believe, 15 and a half. Um, So if you're a Browns fan, this was an home opener, all the hype in the world, new head coach, all the new toys on offense. This was just Cleveland Browns football. They were five and a half point favorites in this it never had a chance after their first drive. The Browns since 1999 are 1-19-1 in openers. We should have looked up that stat and uh, taken the Titans. But the Browns' schedule is brutal. They came in third place last year, so you'd think they would have an easier schedule. That's not really the case. So they lost this game. They're at the Jets next week. Mm -hmm. Then they play the Rams at home, at the Ravens, at the 49ers, home Seattle, at the Patriots, at the Broncos. That's a brutal stretch. Like, yeah, this, this felt the, like a game they had to get. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, at the Jets next week, that feels like both teams have everything riding on it uh, after the Jets debacle of blowing that 16-point lead at home versus the Bills. Um, yeah, just Tennessee Titans own so much real estate in my brain. And even you look now, Marcus Mariota's numbers for the game. Like, uh, I didn't play that well. His numbers, hold on, please hold. He went 14 for 24, 248 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Granted, one play was a Derrick Henry screen that, like, just no one decided to be on that side of the field. But, I mean, good for, good for Titans fans. Perennially disrespected on the full slate airwaves and in Vegas, just generally. Cody, I'm going to say one statement, and then I want you to follow. We will not, we will not fade the Titans. Oh, we will not fit the tight ends. Okay. It's like the it's like the Bart it's like Simpson. A, it's uh, like a blood thing. oath. Yeah, write write it on the chalkboard, ingrain in our minds. Like I said, I think I like <laughs> exactly. this team now. They've they've spurned me so much. It's like the George Costanza thing. It's you know you just go the other way. You like them, but let's move on from this game. You know, we're done talking about the Titans this week. But yeah. let's let's jump back in time to the opener of the season in Chicago. Very exciting game, some would say. Packers won 10-3. Bears looked absolutely awful on the offensive side of the ball. We had Brian on to discuss that. I mean, the thing we talked about was, was the Bears' defense going to regress? Bears' defense played great, but Mm -hmm. the offensive side of the ball was terrible. Trubisky stinks. Um, What were your thoughts of the game? So Trubisky was... Absolutely terrible when I watch. I had a work dinner for the first half, caught the second half. He looked just lost out there. Um, I think Matt Nagy did a great job last year of putting him in position uh, to just game manage and not th- screw things up. Granted, it's week one here, but he just looked like a little bit overwhelmed, uncomfortable in the pocket. Packers picked up some new guys defensively. So I think they're improved there, but just all in all, an absolute stinker of week one. And hey, hand up here. You can see. You see my video chat, Tyler? My hand's up. That over never had a shot. Uh, is dead in the water. Luckily, I hopped on the Packers live, minus three and a half to start the fourth quarter. That almost lost as well uh, with the Bears driving late in the game. But luckily, Trubisky, Trubisky'd. Yeah, he was terrible. I mean, Nagy made a, just a huge like strategic mistake, I feel like. They threw the ball 50 times in this game or dropped yeah. back the pass Why? 50 times compared to only running it 15. David Montgomery, who everyone's been hyping up as, you know, Kareem Hunt 2.0, only got six <laughs> carries. And when he touched the ball, he looked pretty good. So I didn't really get the game plan. I mean, I'll, I'll criticize Nagy on that, but... Some of my friends I was watching with were also complaining about the play calling being too conservative. I think that's the case because Trubisky is so limited that it hurts your ability to, you know, be aggressive against what looks like a really good Packers defense. So I think the Bears are in trouble. They go to Denver next week, which is not an easy game. Vic Fangio is going to know that offense well being Mm -hmm. there the last couple of years and he'll know Trubisky's weaknesses. So not a great start for the Bears either. Um, you hate to overreact to week one, but <laughs> doesn't look good. And the Packers, I mean, offensively, they had the one drive. They scored the touchdown. Other than that, not much. But I think it's encouraging if you're a Packers fan because you're so used to Aaron Rodgers having to carry the team. He didn't play well, and they still won the game. Like You can't say that that, that that's happened many times in his career. 
No, not I mean, and definitely not recently. This isn't the kind of game the Packers have won at all in the past few years. Uh, so if you're a Packers fan, you're relieved on that front. It is bizarre. That's a good point. You said they threw the ball 50 times. Trubisky, 45 attempts. Like, in what world, in what seven-point game does it make sense that you're throwing the ball that many times when you have a good backfield? Like you said, Montgomery's been hyped up. Our good friend Brian Prez said he was his favorite guy out of the draft. He only gets six carries. I don't know. It was just like a weird, weird game plan on opening night by Matt Nagy. Um but should we hop over, Tyler, real quick to the, my NFC North, our NFC North Minnesota Vikings and what they did? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk about Kirk Cousins and that start? He he didn't do anything. He was 8 of 10, 98 yards a touchdown. And that's what they, if, if he does that every game, they'll probably win every game. It's like yep. the opposite. It's the opposite of what we just talked about with Trubisky. The Vikings only threw the ball 10 times. They ran the ball 38. That has to be their recipe to win games. Obviously, I'm joking. Like He's going to have to throw the ball more and have a little more explosion. Maybe not. Maybe not, but Dalvin Cook looked awesome. From all the games I watched today, he was probably the best player. He looks healthy, and he was gashing the Falcons' defense. It's 28-12, to the final score. I mean, it was a lot more of a blowout than that. Yeah, this this game is never close. Falcons, we spoke about it a little bit. They are potentially due to break out this year, right? There's a little bit of you you gave out Matt Ryan as a potential MVP. This offense has all the weapons in the world. And credit to the Vikings. Their defense shut them down. And Dalvin Cook was a bell cow back. 21 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. And even their backup, uh, Alexander Madison, nine carries, 49 yards. They're gashing this Falcons team. We were both on the minus four. We tweeted it from the full slate count, account. So, hey, props to us. We rode with Kirk Cousins at home, uh, but they got the job done. This is a good Vikings team at home that I think when they can keep the game like this and basically get up early or keep it close and really just rely on the run game, I like their chances in, in this NFC North. Well, yeah, and the defense looked great, right? They picked off right. Matt Ryan twice. They got a, they blocked a punt early in the game. There's mm-hmm. a fumble recovery. Like the defense was setting up short fields for the offense, which was great for them. They were running the ball well. Kirk Cousins doesn't have to do everything, so the defense looked great. Like we've talked about, I think they are pretty motivated from the way last season played out. So. Again, you don't want to overreact to week one. They did look great, but I want to talk about one play the Falcons did. This is the most typical Falcons play ever. Mm-hmm. It was They were driving into the red zone, and they don't have Julio on the field. They don't have Devontae Freeman on the field. They do a play action on the one, and Matt Ryan throws it up to a tight end in the back of the end zone, gets picked off. Like You have all these explosive players on your offense. None of them on, are on the field. Why is that the case? Why are you throwing the ball if that's the case? Yeah, they always do that, though, right? I feel like every year. Well, yeah, get... remember a couple of years ago when we bet on them when they're playing the Eagles in the, the playoff, that was it, the NFC wildcard game, and they had all those chances in the red zone. How does Julio Jones go a season without catching a touchdown? It's a weird team, the Falcons. Uh, Devonta Freeman does absolutely nothing uh, today. But, yeah, the, the Falcons got trounced. Our Vikings covered there. So that was that was a nice thing. One more game I want to talk about real quick before we get to our locks of, lock of the week recap. Um, this Colts-Chargers game, we got uh, Jacoby Brissett's under center in, for the Andrew Luckless Colts. Um, 
And the Chargers were cruising in this one. They're up 24 to 9 with about eight minutes to go in the third quarter. And give this Colts team credit. Jacoby Brissett looked pretty good today 21 to 27, two touchdowns, 190 yards. Marlon Mack had a monster game, 174 yards. Um, so if, if you were a Chargers fan, had that five and a half, six, six and a half, you're feeling pretty good. Um, but the Colts came all the way back and tied this up. Game went to overtime. What do you see out of this one and the Melvin Gordonless Chargers? It was crazy. I was following it, you know, while watching the 49ers game, and it seemed like the Chargers had it like pretty well in hand. And then all of a sudden, I saw the Marlon Mack long run, and then the T.Y. Hilton, and it was in overtime. It was like crazy. But, you know, I feel like we talked about Andrew Luck retiring and how we wanted to get on that under real quick when it's still at nine and a half. I mean, this mm-hmm. is still a good team. The offensive line is really solid. Marlon Mack's a good running back. T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, they still have the foundation to be a competitive team. And maybe win the AFC South. I think it's pretty open. Obviously, like the Texans, but they still do have a chance. So it didn't shock me that they played well. Jacoby Brissett played pretty well. And Marlon Mack, I mean, they have a great offensive line. So there's really no reason to expect him to fall off. Yeah, I don't think they're going to fall off as much as we thought. Um, I think as someone who locked in that under nine and a half wins when we did, it was nice to see them get a loss here early in a game that on paper they're supposed to lose. Uh, That was a nice one. So that was kind of a crazy backdoor there by the Colts working their way back. If you if you bet on the Eagles uh, today with the spread, I believe, let me pull it up. I think they were nine and a half, ten point favorites at home versus the Redskins. That one, they were dead in the water early. Case Keenum got off to a hot start. He was slinging it. Threw for 380 yards, three touchdowns. They were up 20 to seven at the half. And then the Eagles came charging back. But Case Keenum led, led them to a late touchdown in the fourth. And, uh, they covered and Ver- and our boy Vernon Davis with maybe an early nomination for play of the year. That was awesome. I mean, that game was, you know, swinging back and forth. They're up 17, nothing. You're like, they might win this game outright. A lot of people in survivor pools were definitely freaking out. Sweating. E- Eagles were probably the most popular pick or the Seahawks, but I mean, and then they come all the way back to cover, and then Keenan with the late garbage time touchdown. So you got to love that. I want to go back to the Chargers real quick. You mentioned Melvin Gordon not there. I mean, he's, he has to be sitting at home watching this, just being like, fuck. Austin Eckler played great. Justin Jackson's good. Mm-hmm. Like, they, don't, they don't need him. I don't understand. They offered him a top-five running back contract over the offseason. He turned it down. I don't think he's getting that. They're saying he's going to come back around week six, week eight. By that point, if Eckler and Jackson keep playing well, obviously they'll welcome him back, but his role will be limited. He won't be as sharp. Like He's he's only hurting himself. Yeah, I mean, Eckler had, what is this, over 160 total yards, three touchdowns. We saw this last year with Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. The Chargers have talented backups that we've seen in action before because Melvin Gordon typically can't stay healthy. He's, again, running back is the most replaceable position in the NFL. I'm sure if Zeke stayed out and Tony Pollard played, he would have got a touchdown or two in that game. Like, these running backs just, I totally get it. Get your money while you can, but to a certain extent, really. Um, So, is what is there. But, Tyler, I think we have to to get to our lock of the week recap because that's, that's how we 
pay the bills here. Locks of the week. If people follow. I hope not to. Um, however, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you start first because um, you lost. I did. Um, <laughs> so I had, uh, I had the under in the Rams-Panthers game, 15 and a half. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset it didn't hit, but I'm not upset in the pick. I felt great. I had all the stats and trends for people out there who only look at stats and trends. Everything was in my favor. Um, so I'm not upset in that aspect. Um, this was a slow death. I saw it coming. I stared in the face. First quarter went perfectly. No points. First second, half. Well, the second quarter, there's a little more scoring. 16 <laughs> points. And you, know, you do simple math. You're like, oh, they're only on pace for 32. But I was thinking, they started off, the Rams especially, so slow. They're going to pick it up at some point. And I tweeted, I was like, if you're doing the simple math, I'm okay, but I'd be lying to say if I wasn't nervous. And I saw it coming, and it was just a slow death. And Zerline missed a late field goal, and it looked like I had a chance for a bullshit uh, save. But Christian McCaffrey was just too good. So it didn't hit, but I, I don't regret the pick. Yeah, McCaffrey single-handedly put this over on his back. He had over 200 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. The Rams took care of business. Kind of weird uh, backfield situation for them. Uh, Gurley, so Gurley had 14 carries, 97 yards. But uh, Malcolm Brown got a lot of looks for them. He had 11 touches, 53 yards, two touchdowns. This was an all-time trendy pick. In terms of the Panthers, we both gave out that pick. Uh, and depending where you got it at, I think it probably opened at three. But by game time, it was one and a half. All of this... All the trends were against the Super Bowl loser. I think it was 1 in 12 the last 13 times the Super Bowl loser was on the road against the spread. This Rams seems really good. They're just so deep. They have so many weapons on offense. And I, you just ran into a buzz song, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I said, the Rams started off slow. I just knew at some point they were going to get hot. I think a trend we need to look into is for hot games. Not the total game under, but the first half under. I feel like the heat affects the team more in the first half with the sluggish start. And then as the game goes on, the defense starts to get tired and the offense starts to gain steam. We saw it in this game. We saw it in the 49ers game. So that's something I'm noting down for uh, future games. But yeah, the Rams the Rams are still good. Breaking news. Gurley, he only had 14 carries, but he looked really good. You know, same, same guy we saw from last year before he got hurt. Malcolm Brown stole two rushing touchdowns from him at the goal line, so that hurts if you have him in fantasy. But Rams are still going to be up there. The Panthers, I am, I'm so low on them as the season goes on. McCaffrey's incredible, but just their receivers, and Greg Olson's been banged up a lot, just do not excite me at all. DJ Moore, two fumbles in the game. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm not super high on them. What about you? Yeah, I didn't love what I saw from them today. I'll be totally honest. They're on like one of the side TV. So I was peering over and watching for your total. But most of when I tuned in was towards the second half there and watching Christian McCaffrey run all over the place. If Cam can't get healthier, I don't know. It seems like a team that could be destined for like a seven win season. I don't have a ton of faith in them. Uh, they did keep it close right by the end of the game, but. I, I don't know. I, I just think Cam has taken so many hits over the years. I'm not sure that they're going to get what they need from him. And like you said, their they're wide receiver options, Curtis Samuel, I don't know. Like, is he that good? 
Yeah, they they don't excite me at all. They were hot fantasy guys, you know, coming into the year. It's only one game, but I'm just I I don't buy it, and I agree with you. Cam is just one hit away from being out for an extended period of time. It feels like a team that's just like towing the line, like hoping he could stay healthy, and some of their other key guys like. One, you could say about a lot of teams, but Cam's been hurt so often. He got hurt again in the preseason. It's just a team to look out for that I think will have, at the beginning of the season, a little more respect because of their resume. But I think you'll get some value fading them with Cam's injuries. I, I just think he's gone through too much. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. So while you gave that a loser week one, <laughs> I, got on, I got on the board for us um my back hurts a little bit from carrying the podcast but it feels good i took the chiefs minus four on the road (laughs) at the jags um this one the chiefs just kind of picked up right where they left off in terms of patrick mahomes slinging the rock all over the place there were so many times where it's just like where, where are the jaguars where are the guys defending travis kelsey where are the guys uh, defending Sammy Watkins. Everyone in the world has been burned by Sammy Watkins at some point in fantasy football. And that probably the same this week. You probably had him on your bench um, or you're potentially going against him. But Mahomes, 378, three touchdowns. Watkins, 198 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Tyreek Hill did leave the game in this one. He got hurt. And Nick Foles got hurt early. Uh, he threw an incredible touchdown pass. Uh, was it in the first quarter? Yeah, in the first quarter to DJ Chark Jr. Uh, and that a dart from 35 yards out. He left with a shoulder injury. They brought in Garrett Minshew the second. Gar- which- Gardner. Gardner. Yeah, Thank you. Show some respect. Yeah, sorry, Gardner Minshew the second from Washington State, a rookie. And Gardner Minshew. Uh, this thing kind of had life for a second. I was like, oh boy, and Mahomes came up he got hit uh in the red zone he was gimpy for a little while it's like are we really gonna have a a matt moore versus gardner Minshew the second battle for my lock of the week uh luckily mahomes was fine and they, they took care of business 40 26 i think is a little bit closer than this game actually was at towards the end they're a 40 to 19 um so this one i don't know i didn't have to sweat it too much which was a nice change of pace and this was the most public game i think i saw on twitter before something like 82 percent of bets were on the chiefs everyone was on the chiefs and you know what it worked i went straight into the eye of the storm and it cleared up uncalled for reference matt moore still being the nfl stunned me when they showed him on the sideline my jaw literally dropped i was like this guy's still playing but you know kudos to him um yeah i mean the chiefs offense didn't miss a beat Hill being out a few weeks stinks, but I don't think it's going to matter really. Sammy, only just more opportunities for Sammy Watkins, Kelsey, the guy McCole Hardman they drafted. Like, they'll pick up the slack. LaShawn McCoy looked good too. 10 carries for 81 yards. So they're, they're not going to slow down. Like, it doesn't really worry me. Mahomes was awesome in the first half. So you didn't really have to sweat this one out. And for the Jags, like, that sucks for Foles. They, they brought him in on the big contract. It was early in the game, but he threw that great touchdown. Is 10-7. Seemed like, you know, they were going to be, you know, at least a decent team this year. Now he goes down, and then they were getting into fights. Um, Every who's the two linebacker? Who's, Mac. Yeah. He just, like, lost his mind. I was watching that on Red Zone. I was just like, what Sorry, is happening? Miles Jack. Yeah, he got, he, like, carried off the field. Mm-hmm. 
things. Yeah. Miles Jack. It was just like he was like a little child, like refusing to come off the field. It was crazy. So now I feel like that's where their season's going to go. We talked about it on the Sunday Scaries pod last time with Doug Marone being the first coach fired. They have a tough schedule to open up. Like Gardner Minshew, he played well today. I don't think he's winning a lot of games for them. So if this thing keeps spiraling, that's what I was talking about. The defense is going to continue to get angry. Jalen Ramsey is so annoying to watch. Every play, he's pushing someone late, getting into it. Just that that dynamic in the locker room is going to blow up pretty quick, I think. Yeah, the the Jags are out of control. Defense, every every other play was a fight in this game. I was just hoping that Kelsey wouldn't get thrown out, um, but they were fine. Uh, so the Chiefs took care of business, and honestly, for a lock of the week pick, it was kind of nice. I didn't have to sweat it out at all. So props to me, not so humble brag there. But we're going to take a quick break, have a couple words from our sponsors, and then have a very special guest for Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Full Slate listeners get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit for just $369, and that includes free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like us, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. That's double. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And now Cody and I are very excited to be joined by the man himself, the man who had a segment named after him, our own Grandpa Billy. Grandpa, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, we're we're excited to have you on, Grandpa. The segment, obviously, named after you, Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. We figured week one of the NFL season, as good a time as any to get get you on not gonna lie i think tyler and i are both impressed that you uh you figured out the dial in and we made this work (laughs) i know you know you got me beyond my reach when i have to dial nine numbers (laughs) and then hit uh uh, the uh the uh, what do you call it twice 
you threw me off there. Tyler didn't tell me to do that. I figured that one out by myself. I want to, you know, you're you're a wise old man. I wanted to, you know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's what's this? uh, I didn't like that second adjective. Just you're a wise man. I don't want to. I don't want to have to baby you. But like we said, we named that's it. Ned Red one. (laughs) We uh, breaking news. Nadal one. Nadal just won. Okay, so Nadal won the. So US I'm giving Open. I'm giving your listeners a scoop if they're not watching TV tennis match. Nadal just won the Open U.S. Open. <laughs> Good to know, but we're here to discuss our our bum of the week. We'll let you give yours. You are a New York Giants fan. Growing up, you'd always scream that Eli Manning's a bum, Tom Coughlin's a bum. So is Eli Manning your bum of the week for week one? No. No, Eli is not the bum of the week. No, I, uh, I can't give it to him because uh, he really didn't have to show much. The defense of the New York Giants are the bums of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a team effort. They look terrible. Their defense looked terrible. And uh, I hope they can come back. But they, they had no rush, no pass rush at all. No uh, back... Uh, uh, the backfield couldn't uh, hold anybody, uh, couldn't uh, knock down any passes. They looked, their defense looked terrible. Yeah, they, they might get Dak Prescott his new com- uh, new contract. He threw for over 400 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, we, we recently had a catch down the shore. I think you could have completed some of these passes. These Cowboys wide receivers were that wide open. Yeah, they played way off the, the receivers. Uh, they... Uh, they even when they had a, the, there was one key play where uh, uh, Cobb caught the ball. Uh, they were driving, I think, for their second touchdown, and uh, he caught the ball. And number thirty Hamilton on the Giants had him, couldn't stop him from getting the first down where they would have had to kick a field goal instead of going for a touchdown, which they went for and made. So that was a big play, and then the uh, there was another big play. Uh, uh, when uh, the coach of the Giants was uh, got so upset, they had a fourth and one. He was going to go for it, and there was really a penalty. Uh, uh, I forgot what the penalty was, but they said that the uh, Dallas had called timeout, and uh, they had to replay that down, and uh, they got thrown for a loss where they were driving for uh, the, the second touchdown to, to tie the game. Or maybe to lead the game. I don't remember exactly. I think they would have taken the lead. So you never know. But he was upset. I don't blame him. There should have been a penalty. But it didn't matter, I guess. They would have still lost. They would have scored 14 points and lost by 35 to 14, whatever (laughs) score they lost. I turned it it off. uh, Oh, wow. To get get into the tennis. I got into the tennis match by accident. And I watched that. (laughs) for the last hour and a half sounds like a good transition probably lowered your stress levels a lot i was watching the 49ers game but anytime they went a game break on fox to that cowboys giants game is just a cowboys receiver running wide open down the middle of the field so not a good start for your giants you also like to claim you're a jets fan you really just lean whichever way the team is playing whoever's playing better that's right whoever whoever i'm a yankee and met fan the mets the Mets, I watched some of that game today, and uh, to no surprise, 
whatever move their uh, manager makes, Callaway, who is the worst manager probably ever in in uh, Met history, <laughs> even and uh, the the guy is terrible. If he makes a move, you can bet it's not going to work out. And uh, the other bums that are weak are the Mets uh, relief staff, just <laughs> terrible. Yeah, Edwin Diaz, uh, that game on, was it Tuesday versus the Nationals where they blew the massive lead? Um, yeah, it was only a six-run lead. Who wins six-run uh, leads going into the bottom of the ninth? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not too much to ask for. No, 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 that doesn't we, happen too often. So we brought you on to discuss football, but we're touching Mets baseball, U.S. Open, so you're really a jack-of-all-trades on here. But the Jets, the Jets blew a 16-0 lead at home. <laughs> versus Buffalo, all, um, just both New York teams getting off. It's an awful start. So mm-hmm. having said that, both teams are 0-1. So who are you higher on for, as the season goes on? Yeah, good question. Well, I don't know. The, the Jets The Jets looked bad. They had four turnovers in the first uh, – they got four turnovers in the first uh, half. And they uh, – I don't know if Buffalo's defense is that good, but – or the Jets offense was that bad. They played up this, uh, what's the Jets quarterback name again? I forgot. Darnold. What's his name again? Sam Darnold. Yeah, he looked, uh, he didn't look too good after all the publicity he's been getting. And, uh, or as I said, if unless Buffalo's defense was that great, but they did have the best uh, run defense, I think, last year. So, uh, you know, maybe they're uh, not as bad as I thought they would be. I thought the Jets would win easily. Yeah, I think being up 16 nothing at home versus a division <laughs> rival week one, it's a game they just have to have, and to blow that one is is tough. Yeah, but this, uh, this kid came off the bench for uh, Buffalo. He didn't even play the first half, I don't think. He ran for 70 yards on four plays. Yeah, Singletary. Uh, he was good. Yeah, he was terrific. Mm-hmm. Terrific! He won the game for them. They couldn't stop him, and uh, you could feel the momentum going right away. And uh, and I had the feeling uh, once uh, they got within that uh, touchdown range where they would win by one point, they got it. Yeah, like like you said, Grandpa, to get four takeaways at home in the first half and to only be up six nothing is super concerning. They got up sixteen nothing, and it felt like the way their defense was playing. They would pull away, but typical Jets fashion, they blew it yeah, in and they should right. have won. So, that's the Jets. <laughs> that is. So not a great start for either of your teams. Like we said, you like to be a little bit of a front runner sometimes, but we, we still love you anyway. Um, so thanks for joining. And um, anything you want to say before we let you go? No, it's just nice to participate in, the, uh, in this podcast. I appreciate you. You're uh, putting me on to give you the bums of the week, which I gave you a few. And anytime you want to uh, give me another call or tell me to call you, I'll be glad to do it. Thanks again, guys. And I'm hanging up and have a great show. I love you all. I love you both. You're terrific. Okay. And thank you to Grandpa Billy himself for joining for Bum of the Week. Tyler, I'll kick it to you first here. Who is your Grandpa Billy Bum of the Week? So my Grandpa Billy Bum of the Week I think it's just everyone involved in this AB situation, not the Patriots because they come out as the winners, but Antonio Brown, um, the Raiders, just they're my bums of the week. 
I know AB kind of got what he wanted going to the Patriots, going to contender. Great mind move by him. But just the perception of him this week, it was like terrible. The video he released when they cut him, how happy he was. It just it was so bizarre how he released the video of him talking to Gruden was very strange. Like that was definitely pre-planned. Like I just don't understand what's going on in this guy's head. If any team can figure out a nutcase like this, it is the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But still, like Antonio Brown, you know, T.O. was a diva. Chad Johnson, they were never on this level. Maybe it's because social media is bigger now, but mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. And the Raiders, I mean, they come out of this with absolutely nothing. Like the foot thing feels like a year ago. Yeah. Chaos. I saw that on Twitter. Uh, someone being like, the the whole cryotherapy foot scandal feels like the twentieth twentieth craziest thing that uh, Antonio Brown has done this off season. And that's not wrong. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's not far off. This whole situation is like so twenty nineteen social media. It feels like it should happen in the NBA, uh, but this is like this is a whole nother level. Do you think that conversation was real with John Gruden? Do you think they also record via Skype, or do you think they use a different provider? I don't know, because people are saying... Was it Frank Caliendo? I saw Frank Caliendo tweeted that, saying it wasn't him doing John Gruden impersonation on the phone. The whole thing was so bizarre. When I saw that video, I just didn't think it was real. Like That and the video of him getting cut, I was like, this just has to be like an old video. This is fake. It was just so bizarre like you said so 2019 with social media now for the Raiders I mean actually going back to AB like I kind of think he he planned this but it's also hard to believe that he would give up 30 million dollars guaranteed I know he got like half of it back with the Patriots but he gave the emotion he got into you know the argument with Mike Mayock I think it was Thursday and Vontez Burfick was the one breaking it up which is the funniest thing about all of this Mm -hmm. level headed the most yeah the level-headed person and on the team and then friday he gives the you know the emotional speech in front of the team apologizing and it seemed like everything was fine so it's like is he that psychotic to like act and give this emotional speech just to then get cut like the next day you know like how psych- like how crazy do you have to be to pull something off like that so i don't know what to believe but all i know is now he's on the patriots and he's gonna probably have an unreal season yeah, now we have the Patriots with the most offensive weapons they've had probably since that Randy Moss team. Uh, I know they lose Gronk, but quite frankly, the Gronk that we saw last year wasn't the same guy. They have Josh Gordon, who already has a touchdown in this game. If he is clean and healthy and good, I mean, the the wide receiving core they trot out there is as good as they've had in a while. Um, it is It is insane. The more I thought about it, at first I was like, yeah, he orchestrated this, but there's no way. There's no way that anyone in their right mind gives up that much money, $15 million, like if you think about it, but the 30 guarantee that's just out the window. Um, I think it's a mix of he probably did get somewhere around last week or two weeks ago where the more he hung out with Derek Carr, the more he was in meetings with John Gruden and seeing the way all this was going down. Like, I don't know. I think maybe he was like, all right, I got my shine on hard knocks. I was essentially 75% of the season. uh, So I got probably up my social media presence there. I'm going to put out this video and like obviously Drew there's no way in the world Drew Rosenhaus didn't know that the Patriots were going to sign him and like you said I mean 
it just adds to the Patriots uh, status as an indefinite contender for literally it's been it's about to go on the third decade. <laughs> that, that's crazy. Third decade. But yeah, this is a limited reference. You'll understand it because you watch billions. So anyone who watches that show will pick up on this <laughs> in the first season when the three employees from Axe Capital leave to start their own hedge fund and Axe basically throws dollar bill in there as like yeah. a mold to basically like bankrupt them. So Axe could then buy it. That's what I feel like happened where Belichick Belichick was like, A.B., we can't trade for you from the Steelers. The Steelers won't give them to you. Go to the Raiders and just crater it. And then when they release, <laughs> we'll pick you up and we'll pay you pretty well. Like That's just what I was thinking. Like The Raiders are just sitting in that dark office, like in Billions, being like, we we have nothing. We lost everything. They, gave up, they didn't give up a lot of draft picks, but still, you give up two draft picks. You don't get A.B. on your team. And I, that's just what I think of. It's so – it's like funny – it's sad. It really hits on all the emotions. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very 2019 social media, incredibly entertaining. And unfortunately, it makes the Patriots even more of a contender. But again, hopefully they get knocked off. But my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. We spoke about the Colts game a little bit, but Adam Vinatieri is my bum of the week. Um, his missed extra point in the first half was awful. Just shanked. He went one for three um, on his field goal attempts and like just didn't look good. Um He's really old. Like to me, it's it's shocking that he's still out there, still doing it. I'm currently Googling how old he is, but Adam Vinatieri is my bum of the week. They were right in this game to the end. Obviously, hindsight's 2020. The game goes into overtime, but if he makes the extra point, who knows what happens? If he makes one of those two missed field goals, um, but Adam Vinatieri, my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. I love going with the kickers as bums. How old do you think Adam Vinatieri is, Tyler? I just googled it. I, I brought it up as you said it, so I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, 46. 46. It's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Absolutely but, insane. Yeah, like you said, it's so easy to pick on kickers because you know their their mis- their mistakes are so like like brought out. Because if if you have a good kicker, you don't really hear anything. You know, like they just they're going about their business, making the extra points, making the field goals. But when you know, they miss field goals, they miss extra points. It just gets, uh, you know, brought up a lot. So, Venetari's had a great career. Like, he's due for a bad game, but this definitely hurts them. And like you said, this wasn't a game they thought they should win, but now looking back on it that they, you know, ended up tying it, you would have liked one of those field goals to go in. Right, especially when you're in a, a division with the juggernauts that are the Tennessee Titans. Um, so, tough loss for them there, but... Week one in the books. Not going to lie, this podcast definitely helped with my Sunday scaries. Just having football back is such a game changer to every weekend. The Hoosiers are 2-0, and Tyler. Big game next week versus Ohio State. I'm sure you're fired up about that one. And bottom line is the Niners are 1-0. My lock of the week one. We, we got the Grandpa Billy on. I think feeling pretty good. Yeah, week one. Basically a success. I would have liked my lock to hit, but can't win them all. Like you said, IU 2-0. I will have more to talk about that on our pick pod <laughs> this week. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon 
versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.